Welcome to another episode of the Backstage Experience Podcast. My name is Dave Morales. And I'm John Stemball. And I have to say, Dave, I am so glad for us to be back doing the podcast. I know we didn't have one last week, but if anyone has paid attention to the news, I'm sure that y'all have seen what's happening down here in Texas. Dave and I are based out of Houston. And we have just gotten power back. I actually just got internet back about an hour and a half ago. So I'm glad to be back at work and getting to do this with you. Thanks, man. Same here. And I will, I, I'm, I'm funny because we work in the media, but a lot of times I've made fun of the media. You know, when I lived in California years ago and there would, would be an earthquake, I was always critical of the media. Like, oh, they just find the one street where the, the, the concrete is cracked or they're, they're looking, you know, when there's a flood, you know, news about a flood, they're going to go look for the street that's flooded. And sometimes that happens. But I will tell you right now that everything you have seen, those that are listening right now that may not be in the Texas region uh, or Louisiana, even Oklahoma, that have been impacted by this winter storm, this weather situation. Everything you've seen is true. The power situation was awful. Um, there are still people dealing with it as we record this episode of the podcast. But for the most part, it seems like it is behind us. And we thank everybody that has checked in with us to make sure that we're doing okay. All right. To that end, we have a lot of stuff to get through. We do. Um, huge yeah, a huge name on the screen, Jason Clark. We're going to talk about that in a second. I'll let John intro that, what movie he's talking about. But at the end of this episode of the Backstage Experience podcast, don't ever say that we don't give you anything because we have something really cool. We are giving a, a thanks to our friends at Warner Brothers and the film that is out now, Judas and the Black Messiah. We have a huge prize pack that we are going to give away, and you will get those details at the end of this, towards the end of this podcast episode. Also, we're going to hear from the Judas and the Black Messiah star, Daniel Kaluuya, who plays Chairman Fred Hampton in the film. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to roll some audio and interview, an exclusive interview we just did with Daniel for the award-nominated film now. And I'm going to break down all the nominations. Matter of fact, the day that I spoke with Daniel, he had literally, like an hour before, received notification of a Golden Globe nomination. Since then, other critics groups have added him to their nomination roles. And I think he has a decent shot at winning, we'll break all that down. But for now, a friend of the show's, we've talked with him a couple of times. I love this guy. And John got the exclusive interview with Mr. Jason Clark for a brand new movie that he has called Silk Road. J John, I was almost called you Jason. <laughs> John, first of all, I, I want to ask you something because you, when you told me you were talking to Jason Clark, mm -hmm. you said, I'm talking to him at like 7 p.m. Yeah. And a lot of times when we're doing interviews, we film at 8, 9, 10 in the morning. Again, we're in the central time zone in the United States. 7 p.m. is an unusual time to record with somebody. On a Friday. 7 p.m. on a Friday. Oh, dude, Friday night. He really took your time away. So tell me tell me a little bit about that. Why was it 7 p.m. on a Friday night when you spoke with him? Were you both of you just bored or what, no, what's going on? No, not at all. And one thing I do want to add for you to stick around to the end of the podcast, this prize pack giveaway is the biggest giveaway we've ever done on this podcast. It includes over $100 in gift cards and some other items as well. So you definitely want to stay tuned in for that. The reason I was talking to Jason Clark on a Friday night was because he was in Australia. He's in Australia right now filming actually the Jerry West movie. The NBA uh, yeah. story. Yes. Wow. So he's in Australia right now filming that. So I talked to him. It was probably, depending on what part of Australia he was in, probably towards Sydney. 
it was uh, noon over there, and so seven o'clock here. Uh, but yeah, it was cool to get to talk to him about a new movie that's coming out, or actually that's out now, called Silk Road. Dave, do you know anything about Silk Road? I know we've heard about like the Silk Road trade from back in grade school, you know, but this is not the name is taken from that. But do you know anything about the Silk Road story? Well, apparently I was absent the day that they taught that because I know absolutely nothing. If you'd asked me what Silk Road means, I would have said, uh, you know, I, I would think, uh, you know, fabric. Is it where you go and get discounts on silk? <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't wear silk. I know that there are a lot of people out there listening that wear silk and it's a very nice uh, garment. I don't wear it. But um, I guess the answer is no. I, I I don't I don't know much about this film, which is kind of a twist because mm-hmm. there have been episodes where I've you know known a ton about the film, and John has interviewed me asking about the movie, and now we've flipped the tables. We've been so busy with so many projects that we've had to split a lot of stuff up. I'll be honest with you, I have not had a chance to screen Silk Road yet. You have, so at some point, I am going to turn into the interviewer where I'm going to be asking you questions. I guess the first question would be. Tell us what Silk Road is all. Is it is it a true story? I guess we should know that at the top. Yes. Yeah, so first off, the original Silk Road was like a trading route between like Europe and Asia. And that's where this name comes from. So Silk Road, the movie, is based on a true story. And it's about a, a young kid, actually, named Ross Ulbrich. And Ross is from Austin, of all places. And so... When this was all going down, um, this is what fascinated me the most. So Silk Road was a dark net, which dark net has always had this, you know, like kind of mysterious allure to it. But it was a dark net website where people could pretty much go on and buy anything you wanted uh, from this website. It was like an Amazon for drug dealers in a way. So a college kid could go online on the dark net order say if they wanted molly or mdma or psilocybin or anything you could go on the website you could order it and then have it delivered to your house via fedex or u.s mail and this is where things got really interesting and obviously he was breaking tons of federal laws by doing this but i remember hearing about this going on as it was occurring so this was between like 2011 and 2014 while this was all happening. And I remember hearing about it. And so I had always thought this Silk Road website was like some like Russian mob or like some like massive, you know, organization that was running this. Ross Ulbrich is a kid from Austin, Texas. It was a kid, a teenager from Austin that had started this website and it had just exploded after this Gawker article that came out on it. So basically what you're telling me is I was so way off. It has nothing to do with fabric. It has nothing to do with, oh, this is, I'm the learning. The original Silk Road did, but he needed, an, he needed a name for it. And I, they talk about the original name in the movie. I'm not going to give it away, uh, okay. but, but it was a terrible name. And so he came up with Silk Road. So basically, I, yeah, I, it, it has nothing to do with a blouse that my mother had years ago no. made of silk. No. Okay. Not well, at all. Wow. We're, we're learning something. All right. So you're talking to Jason Clark. He's in Australia. Well, I mean, I'm curious what you talked about. Now that I know what Silk Road was, mm-hmm. true story, bad guy, I guess. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Um, 
what did you and Jason talk about? So Jason Clark plays this character named Rick Bowden, who they call him a Jurassic narc. So he's like the old school narc, like he's, you know, boots on the ground type of guy. Whereas a lot of the investigations that were starting to happen during this time were more, you know, following metadata and following information like on the Internet, but not actually having boots on the ground. And so his character is based off a few real life characters that were investigating this that were also rather corrupt and how they got uh, and how they brought Ross Ulbricht down. Ross right now, for those who are interested, is serving a double life sentence uh, for for what had occurred in this movie for pretty much setting up this website. And one interesting thing about this website, there's some people will say it's a terrible thing that occurred. Uh, and then some people will say that it kind of democratized drug dealing. But what's really wh- what I found interesting in the film is that the way that he set it up, it did have like a ranking system on it, just like Amazon does. And so oh. and so it's not like you're going to the corner to buy drugs from some dude that you didn't know who it was. The The sellers were actually ranked and they also had escrow accounts. So instead of like trying to hand off money and get the drugs at the same time or something like that the money was funneled into the account that Silk Road actually had. And it wasn't until um, the buyer had received that then the money would be given to the seller. And so in a way it like democratized it, but it was completely illegal with what was going on. And so the U S government stepped in, especially after it went from just like regular class one or class a scheduled drugs to, I believe eventually like people could, order hits, you know, and different things off the website. And so that's when it started getting shut down. So for those that are listening right now that are familiar with Amazon and Amazon Prime, which is everybody, basically what you're telling me is all these illegal things were taking place and then they would later go back and how was your delivery? That's a joke. Yeah. You know, like when you I get mean, an Amazon kinda. delivery, say thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you order things on Amazon and you, oh, that's got a great review. Are you serious? So that that's what happened. Yeah. So this is what's happened. And this story absolutely fascinated me because I remember hearing about it. But this is also the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin. So this was back when Bitcoin was less than like $10 for one Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin came out of, well, Bitcoin was already around, but Silk Rose used Bitcoin as a way for to transfer the money without it being traced. And so Bitcoin got really popular and really, yeah, Bitcoin pretty much blew up due to Silk Road, because I remember back when Bitcoin, during all this, it was about $10 for a Bitcoin, and then it shot up to a few hundred when Silk Road started getting popular, and obviously now it's in the 40s, $50,000, but... And I, I will be honest and tell you right now that I am waiting for the book Bitcoin for Dummies to come out, because I don't know anything <laughs> about Bitcoin, but what I am curious now that you've set up the film, you talked with star Jason Clark, uh, I want to hear this interview. I, I really want to hear what you and Jason had to talk about. Let's do it. So this is me talking to Jason Clark about the movie Silk Road. We also talk a little bit about one of my favorite roles that he's been in and how that's influenced me. And then we talk a little bit real short about the Jerry West movie that he's filming in Australia right now. So this is Jason Clark talking Silk Road. Jason, it's so good to talk to you today. How you doing, man? I'm good, John. How you doing? I'm doing well, and actually, we get to talk to about a movie that I'm really excited about. I've actually been following this story ever since it happened. It's called Silk Road, 
And I want to yeah. know what you knew about Silk Road coming into this, because I actually got to see some of this play out in real life. I remember seeing Silk Road or hearing about it back in 2012. And yeah, I remember yeah. when it first crashed and then uh, the FBI ended up raiding it and shutting it all down. But I was wondering if you knew about it then. And when did you first hear about this incredible story? <laughs> yeah, you heard about, you know, the ability to go and buy, you know, drugs or anything on the Internet, on this dark web. And you're like, you know, the dark web, what's the dark web? You know, what's a web that exists? You know, it was like some kind of never ending story, wasn't it? It was like, like it was always, you know, it was something you heard rumors and stories about. And then. You know, and then I, you know, I never really followed it. You know, I was in Australia at that point, and then it went down. You know, and then all of a sudden it was over. And then you knew that this guy, you know, the little logo. I knew the logo, and then he that he he'd got a very very long hard sentence. And then, and then Tiller sent me the script. You know, and I knew Tiller as a documentary maker, as one of the great documentary makers in my opinion. You know, an investigative journalist just keeps digging down, and and I knew that he'd come up with something quite interesting. So I read it, and. Um, and you just, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's just a wild ride of youth, ingenuity, like, you know, practicality in a way to serve this market, you know, and then this bizarre tale of how it exploded on a scale, like just astronomically. And then, you know, law struggling to catch up or understand it or, or, you know, or putting it as this big, dark, bad thing, you know, and then you've just, it's just this young kid you know, who did it. And then you go, okay, well, well now, I guess now we're in a world where you realize the power of, you know, the internet of the phone and people are buying and trading stocks, you know, I mean, GameStonk and GameStop recently that the things can just go massive. We get it now. Um, you know, and then within it is this, is this, is this morality tale as well, you know, about good and bad and crossing a line. And, you know, I play a guy who's, who, who does cross that line for all good intents and purposes. You know, it was an old battle axe war horse, an old cop, you know, an old, you know, go undercover, meet them, play them, be with them, you know, get enough evidence to arrest them. And then he's just, he's turfed out and tries to find a little bit for himself when there just seems to be like, you know, money falling from heaven. I mean, the, the, the numbers were just massive, weren't they? And it never went away. He was right. That, I mean, yeah, that blew me away. And what really surprised me watching this film is finding out yeah. that it was a kid from Austin. We're in Houston. So, I mean, this is yeah. going yeah. on right down the road. And the entire yeah. time I'm hearing about the Silk Road. I, I, I've never been on the site or anything like that, but because it had this yeah. like mystery to it, you know? Yeah. And I always thought it was like some like mob or like some big like Russian criminal <laughs> syndicate, <laughs> no, you yeah. know, running it. It was some big Russian cartel, which is, yeah. Oh my God, they're taking over our computers. And, and yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's true, isn't it? It really was. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, it was, it was. In a way, I mean, it was silicon. It was a silicon valley, you know, ingenuity, wasn't it? Some dude just sitting there, you know, it's possible. And you go, you applaud it in one way, like it's just like wow, you know, like who would have thought of like, hey, Netflix, you know, let's just take DVDs and you know, and then that'll become on, you know, it's like these ideas that when this was the this was the other idea, the dark idea of all these, you know, other ones that that just went down the road of drugs. But it was like it, in a way, it was logical that this was going to happen at some point. You know, using the U.S. Postal Service to to do this, and and um, it's still quite it's still unbelievable that it still goes on, and you know, we're still trying to catch up. And now he's you know, this kid's doing he's doing life in a supermax. Yeah, double what double life, right? Yeah, Chuck Chuck Schumer was one of the you know was this you know was a the, the politician that really went after him. 
Did you get to talk? I, I I don't know what type of prep he did for this. I don't know if he even had access to Ross. I mean, no, there's no access to anybody. That's yeah, what no, I was we just thinking. did a lot of reading and then, you know, playing this, you know, in, you know, the amalgamation that my character was and all that. And then also just, you know, heavily, you know, I mean, at the beginning of the script, Tiller had written, you know, based on a true story, please forgive my lies, you know? So he was, it was very conscious that, of course, I'm taking a license with it, you know? We're taking a license to tell a tale within these real life events because there is, you know, it was. And then there's this, this idea of this, you know, a policeman who had given himself, he'd given his life to crime. And you find me where I've, at the beginning, where I've gone too far and a drug bust going under. And these were these old school, you know, narc cops, the last of the narcs, you know, which till I made a documentary about as well, that before bugging and wiretapping and computer surveillance were going undercover, you know, and, and they paid a heavy price sometimes with their lives, sometimes with their mental instability. And you, you know, and where do these men then fit in? And then how do they come back to society with a, with a little girl, you know, and, and you know, and, and just, just to bring some kind of human understanding about how it, it can, it can encapsulate and involve us all, you know, the wave, the pool can suck us all down. And a guy like, you know, the, the man I played, Rick, he got in the murky pool and went down as well. You know, he's got the scene with his buddy, you know, saying, just don't do this, Rick, you know? The guy that was the criminal saying, man, back out. Yeah, like your director said, it's kind of like two warheads kind of headed towards each other. And then once they collide, just both of their lives evaporate, which I thought was yeah. a really interesting way to look at it. Why do you yeah. think your character, Rick, was so, I guess I would say reckless because he did have a family. He does have kids, yeah. but he kind of like threw all that yeah. in the back burner. You know, he's like, I want to catch this kid. I think in his own mind, there was an element of like, there was no redeeming for himself. You know, there's no way he couldn't see a way back into society as a police officer anymore. It was like him and what he was was over. So he decided to do something for his daughter, you know, to help her get out of it or help her leave it or help her. And, and in that kind of, that was in playing the character, that was, you know, the construction I gave myself to make the decision to do what I did, you know? It's like he, he couldn't, you know, he, he, he couldn't see the woods for the trees in his own life and so decided to, to you know, sacrifice himself for her. That's how, that's how he constructed it. You know, I'm not saying that's what actually happened or what, you know, was good, but but that was how I justified it to myself. So this being the first time I get to talk to you, I have to tell you my favorite role by you is when you played Rob Hall in Everest. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I Dave actually movie. got to talk to you for that one. I, I was jealous. But uh, yeah. I actually talked to uh, Josh, Josh Brolin, right afterwards yes. and told oh, him yeah. that because he was playing Beck, Beck Weathers, who's yeah. a Texan that does mountaineering. Yes. And it's because yeah. of that movie I started mountaineering myself, which has had like oh, a really? profound you, you impact are on my life. Yeah, I've started climbing since, like literally since then. And last time we talked to uh, Josh for, I think it was Sicario, Day of Soldado. We we're kind yeah. of talking about like doing, possibly doing Rainier, but then quarantine and, you know, all that happened. But uh, yeah. I know you got to do Ben Nevitz and a couple things leading up to that film. Have you gotten to do yeah, any I did hiking? Cook in New Zealand. I did like, you know, yeah, we did some, we did a bunch of stuff in New Zealand for that. We did, I've done some stuff in the Himalayas before and done really? some climbing in Chile and Patagonia. Yeah. I loved it, man. It was going to America that really being an actor in LA that really got me into backpacking in the Grand Canyon and the Sierras, you know, Whitney and stuff like that, but you know, you just leave town to get going. And then 
you know, I love that. I always love that movie. And I love that story. I still love that story. You know, it's funny people they're into the mountains and, you know, of course it, it's that, that story is going to be one of the, you know, the most famous mountaineering stories ever. And it's wonderful up there, isn't it? I, I love it about being in the mountains. Yeah. It, it just completely, it's uh it recharges the soul. As I put it, did you really get to do Aconcagua me. down in South America? No, no, I do know that though. His, um, you know, Jan, his wife, you know, she did up she did all the seven. She finished them, you know, uh, you know, later on in life, she finished the whole lot of them. Aconcagua was, you know, I'd love to do it. I really yeah. would. It's like, it's funny. It's one thing, America, America and its parks are one of the, one of the great success stories, I think, of that nation. Yeah. You know, because they truly are magnificent and, and the respect that people have for the land. And hiking it in and hiking it out is, you know, second to none. That's why Teddy Roosevelt is one of my favorite presidents. He said, I agree, out. man. It really, it, you know, you know, whoever anyone wants to judge anything or anything, what's going on now. Yeah, absolutely. The, the gift of national parks and forest land to the nation forever is you see it in American parks. You know, I've hiked in a lot of places around the world and climbed in places and, and Americans respect the land and then keeping it clean, where they keep it clean and keep it as you leave it. And, um, I got great memories of all the. I've done a lot of the national parks in America. I've loved them. Awesome, man! I know we're uh, past our ten minute ten minutes, but uh, dude, oh. thanks for getting to talk to me today, and thanks for taking Thank the time you. on a Saturday, dude. Like, I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, so. I finished at two a.m. in the morning last night, or three a.m. in the morning. So I'm, oh, like, wow. I'm shooting a movie now. Okay. Have fun in Houston. I will. I'll see you uh, when we're back in um, in regular life, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I'll be back in LA. In I'm playing Jerry West next. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Dude, it's it's a great story. All right, mate. Have fun. Fantastic work, John. Jason Clark, you know, we've we've talked with him a couple of times over the years, and he's always been just extremely gracious, and, and that is no exception. He's just a, a great guy, and I, I, I like him a lot. And he's great on screen. Okay, so I'm going to ask you questions. We're going to do the Q&A. Yeah. Since, again, I will tell you that I have not seen the movie. I now know that Silk Road has nothing to do with fashion. So my first question for you is, now that people have heard the interview, Mm -hmm. and by the way, you want to stick around because as we promised you at the beginning of the episode of the Backstage Experience podcast, which you are listening to right now, I'm Dave Morales. And I'm John Simval. Coming up at the end, in just a few, you don't have to wait very much longer, we have the biggest giveaway that we've ever done on these podcasts. And if you want to win, oh, I don't know, if you're interested in maybe some uh, gift cards worth, you know, hundreds uh, we're going to be giving away, so you should stick around for that. That was another joke, by the way, because who wouldn't want to win some gift cards? And that is courtesy of our friends at Warner Brothers with Judas and the Black Messiah. We'll also have some a conversation with Daniel Kaluuya. That is still to come in this episode. My first question about Silk Road, John. How can people see this movie? Right now, you can see Silk Road in theaters, but if you don't want to go to theaters, you can also watch it on, I'm looking right now on Google Play. You can rent it for $6. And so for $6 to rent a 4K movie is a deal. You can actually buy the movie right now. They're running a special. You can buy it for $10 right now, $9.99 on Google Play. But it's it's available on streaming as well. So you can see it either in the theaters if you like to go see it in the theaters. You don't have to for this film. You can watch it from home. You know, it's a good streaming film. Uh, But yeah, it's very reasonable. It's very well priced right now. Also, one thing I want to add, it's... It's a great movie. Like, I really enjoyed the movie. It kind of reminds me of a cross between, like, 21. You remember that movie, Dave, where they go to Vegas Love and gamble? That movie. Kevin Spacey, I know he's a villain, yeah. but, and, 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 
you know, I mean, yeah. But it's well, like it's like twenty one meets the social network. Wow. It's okay. kinda how it feels. Without like the Vegas like cutscenes and stuff. But I mean, it's a story about, you know, this kid, he's got a chip on his shoulder, he's building this website, he's like, I'm gonna change the world. And then you have Jason Clark who's playing this detective who'll do anything, literally anything, to take this kid down and yeah, it's a, it's a fun ride. It almost sounds like um, a Catch Me If You Can kind yeah, of elements to it. Absolutely. Where Tom Hanks, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like all those kind of mix in the one. It's a it's a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. I'm also a little biased because I have been fascinated about this story ever since the original Gawker article came out. So I've been interested in this for like ten years now, and now that it's finally a film. But I definitely recommend checking it out. It's it's really interesting. All right. Well, I have more questions. Uh, on behalf of all of us fans that have not seen Silk Road yet, is it easy to follow? Because, John, you and I have talked. I'm going to reveal something about myself. Yes, I love movies and I love watching them. But as John knows, and I will now share this part of my life with everybody listening, I hate movies that I have to go and actually work at and 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 the big movie and we've talked to the star of this film many times Keanu Reeves The Matrix I don't care how many times that I watch The Matrix I will never understand what that movie is about you know that that's true with me I don't like to have to go work when I go see a movie so is this one that you should pay close attention to can you take bathroom breaks do you need to follow everything about it because to me it sounds like it is a complicated story that you need to pay close attention to I mean, it's no tenant. You don't have to like stare at the screen nonstop for two hours and listen to every single word. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, when I watch a movie, I am interested in the movie. I watch the movie. I put my phone down. I'm not scrolling. I'm I'm a rare breed when it comes to that. No, it's not hard to follow. I mean, okay, look, it's, you, it's, look, it's, it's okay. pretty. It's pretty linear. Okay, well, we'll put it this way. You've known me for ten years plus. Will I get it upon first watch? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that just that 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 made it. I should have asked that to begin with. No. Okay. Awesome. So basically, what you're saying is that it is. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say this right now. Like for me, uh, a fun movie is the Muppets movie because you can <laughs> sing along. It's easy to follow. There's lots of fun things to look at. Uh, this is maybe a little bit a higher step than the Muppet movie, but not as quite as far as like Tenet. Is that what you're saying to me? Yes. This is a little bit higher than land before time, but not as complicated as <laughs> Tenet. Okay. <laughs> Another question about this movie. It seems to me like it's a sleuth type film. Is, is there action in this movie? Like, are there, are there, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody listening has the scene. So if you feel like this, this question is too deep, just, don't answer it. But is it? Are there like shootouts? You know what I'm saying? Like as far as action goes, there's action, but there's not that type of action. Okay, well, good answer. So there's not like, yeah. It, and the fact that it that it happened is fascinating. And I'm glad you shared what you did about Silk Road um, at the beginning. That this movie is, you know, about the dark web. Okay, that's interesting to me. I have been super excited to reveal. Oh, is there anything you want to add about Silk Road before we jump into the giveaway? Because I want to get things away now. I thought one thing that was interesting is so Ross Ulbricht, his real pseudonym on the website was Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride. That's who the FBI was looking for this entire time. 
<laughs> one of my favorite films. And for those that are wondering, Princess Bride, I totally got. I was able to follow along. All right, something else that you're going to get uh, is uh, the biggest giveaway we've ever done on the Backstage Experience podcast. And it's thanks to our friends at Warner Brothers, their brand new film, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is playing in theaters. If you're comfortable uh, going to a theater to see this on the big screen, or it's also playing in your living room on HBO Max. And we're going to break down that film in a little bit. And uh, talk with Daniel Kaluuya, the star of the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. But as far as the giveaway goes, John, tell them what they can win. Yeah, so we have a Judas and the Black Messiah giveaway for y'all. And this is a way for everyone. I know it's been a rough week for a lot of people, especially if you're down here in Texas. So this is kind of a date night, kind of warm up, get out of the house uh, type gift pack for you. So we're giving away a $50 Visa gift card. Uh, so you can go out and have dinner before going out and seeing the movie. We're going to give you two Fandango codes to see Judas and the Black Messiah. And then also to benefit small business, we're giving away a $50 gift card to Lamic Beauty, which is a, a black-owned beauty company um, that is affiliated with the film. Awesome. Dude, that's so exciting. All right. So how do people enter? I know you should probably be following us on our social media accounts anyway, and they're all backstage OL, but this one, I believe you're going to do, we're going to do on Twitter, correct? Yeah. So all you have to do is first off, follow us on Twitter. It's at backstage OL. So the word backstage and then the letters OL. And then if you just share this episode on your Twitter account and include our handle. So just share it and then include at Backstage OL and then whatever you'd like to write, um, you're automatically entered to win in this contest. That's so cool. Share this podcast. Tag us at Backstage OL on Twitter. We'll be able to find you because you'll be a follower. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll see the tag with the podcast and you're automatically entered to win these gift cards. Please do it because honestly... And the cool thing is we don't just have one prize pack. The studio gave us multiple prize packs. So Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so I should, I should look at my emails a little closer. Yeah. Sorry, been busy getting ready for, for some stuff, and, and we'll tell you about that in a minute. But, dude, so there's multiple prize packs that were given. That's why I, when I got the note earlier that we're giving away hundreds of dollars yeah. of these. Dude, this is a, this is a huge giveaway so again tag us on this podcast share it and tag us at backstage ol on twitter we'll see it the contest opens up effective uh the posting of this podcast episode and it will be good for leave it up for let's let's run it for about a week is that good yeah that works okay all right we should talk a little bit about Judas and the Black Messiah since they're sponsoring the giveaway. Daniel Kaluuya stars as Chairman Fred Hampton. This is also a true story about uh, the chairman of the Black Panther Party, the Illinois Black Panther Party. This movie focuses on betrayal within the organization. The FBI actually planted an informant that gave them information to try to bring down Chairman Fred and the Illinois Black Panther Party. Daniel Kaluuya, who you may remember from the movie Get Out, I will never forget the interview that we did with Daniel for Get Out because I asked him about the coffee cup, the stirring, and he <laughs> says it's funny. The <laughs> this is a funny story. Yeah. The teacup. When he goes out, and of course we haven't done that because you know everybody's locked up still because of the 
stupid pandemic. But when he's out and about and he's at a, at a cafe and there'll be people at a, at a cafe sitting and they recognize him, they'll start stirring their cup. He told me that story <laughs> and that's in the interview. Daniel Kaluuya, great guy. Uh, I want to play a part of that conversation where we talked about his portrayal of Chairman Fred Hampton. He's mellow in this interview. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that he's a little mellow because the subject matter is very, se- he takes it very serious. Yeah. And I asked about it in particular, his speech that Chairman Fred Hampton did, the revolutionary speech speech, they call it. And I asked about that particular scene. So let's roll this, some audio. Daniel Kaluuya talking Judas and the Black Messiah. Tell me about the responsibility that you felt to make sure that you just, you got it just right. Yeah, the responsibility, it was a huge amount of responsibility, especially when you meet the family, you know, and you, you understand where they're coming from and feel where they're coming from. And like, you understand the emotional stakes of, of what is play, at play is like a family's legacy, you know? And, um, so this is like one of the one of the first films to really um, show uh, the Black Panther Party in a fictional narrative, you know, and, and focus on it. So it was a huge, huge responsibility, you know, and we and we're here to serve. You have a powerful scene, and I'm sure you've been asked about this, but I'm going to ask you uh, the revolutionary speech scene. I want to know what was going through your mind and what you could feel in your body as you were delivering those words. Uh I mean, I used to do improvisation and there's this saying that I kind of coined for myself is that once you're in your head, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? So I, w- I wasn't in my mind. You know what I mean? I was completely present and I wasn't thinking. I was just here and I was just like, and it was the first time we'd said Chairman Fred's words verbatim. And I, I just allowed myself to be a vessel in that moment. But it was a, it was a, it was a time machine to an extent, you know? And, and it, it was incredible that like the, the background artists and the people of Cleveland were really listening to what was being said. And so it was, it was a really special moment. The day that I filmed the interview with Daniel, he had just found out that he was nominated for a Golden Globe nomination. So that was pretty exciting. Since then, he's been nominated Critics' Choice Award, which is the group that I vote in. And I will not be surprised to see him in as an Oscar nomination. We'll talk about if he wins in another episode because I'm going to break all that down. I see a lot of Oscar nominations coming out of this. I actually got to watch this during the freeze. I had actually saved it, saved the movie on my phone so I could watch it at night. And I got to watch it on my phone. And I see multiple Oscar nominations coming out of this film. Excellent movie. Excellent, powerful story. However... Get ready for USA versus Billie Holiday, and we will have a podcast episode of the Backstage Experience podcast. That movie is amazing. Also, I should let people know, we have since completed interviews with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. I just filmed those a couple of days ago, and of course we're talking Coming to America. We will have an entire podcast episode dedicated to the sequel 30 years later that we've all been waiting for. We're going to talk about the movie. Eddie was great. Arsenio was great. But let me tell you another friend of ours that was uh, doing interviews that day and we talked to him. Tracy Morgan was (laughs) excellent. And he remembered us and he talks about our friendship with with Tracy in this interview, and he sounds great. I, of course, saw him on video. He looks amazing. Eddie was great, though. Eddie shared a story about Samuel L. Jackson that you, I will not tell you right now. You will have to tune in for that episode of the Backstage Experience podcast. But Eddie went on and on about Samuel L. Jackson and some other actors. And um, we need to include the soundbite with Samuel L. Jackson where he talks about that character. I got to look at what movie that was, so we're talking to him. Yeah, but he we'll find that soundbite, and that will be a part of that special 
special podcast, which is just a few weeks away, coming to America, an entire episode dedicated to uh, that sequel. I, I, can I just say one thing, though, before we end this? Is it about the movie? Is, is it about coming to America? Yes. Yeah. Dude, I've seen it, uh-huh. and it is excellent. I it know. is everything. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, because we've kind of been limited about what we can say when we I, can I say. I just it. want the entire movie to be the barbershop scene. Like, I love those guys. Well, like, I'm, not gonna say, I, I'm not going to say. I'm not. That's yeah, all I'm not going to give any. I'm not going <laughs> to give any particulars except that a lot of times when you have such a highly anticipated sequel, you're left like, oh, okay, well, it was good, but I don't feel fulfilled, mm. dude. This one, <laughs> everything. It's they've had long I, enough to write it. <laughs> Well, and that's funny because that is my very first question to Eddie Murphy. Uh, If I say anything else, then it will be too much. Just get ready for that episode of our podcast. I can't wait for that one. So many great interviews uh, for Coming to America, and that is coming in just a few weeks. So what you need to do, your homework, if you're listening to us right now, is tag us on Twitter to win those uh, one of many gift packs that were given away from Warner Brothers for Judas and the Black Messiah. All you have to do is tag us with this podcast at backstage ol do that on twitter okay and you're automatically entered to win those gift cards and john you know thanks to jason clark uh your final thoughts on silk road and as i always say take us home silk road go watch it i mean it's it's a deal right now if anything it's a deal like going on the google play and seeing how much it costs right now to rent it like that's nothing so okay well as you said it's a deal on google play you can actually own silk road for like less than ten dollars okay your homework right now be sure to share this podcast tag us on twitter at backstage well to be entered to win one of many uh, gift bags, these packages that we have, these gift cards, hundreds of dollars that were given away on this particular episode, the biggest thing we've ever done on the Backstage uh, Experience podcast. All you have to do is share this podcast, tag us on Twitter at Backstage OL. And as always, be sure to give us that five star rating on Apple Podcast. And please share this podcast with your friends, share it with your enemies, even share it with your mother in law if you can't stand her, because we would love to have her listening as well. And get ready because we have a lot of fantastic episodes coming up in the next several weeks of the Backstage uh, Experience Podcast. On behalf of myself, Dave Morales, thank you for listening. John, tell him goodbye. Adios. We'll see you on the next episode of the Backstage Experience.